Okay, it's Monday. Go. It's December 21st, damn it. And the word of the day is chrysalism, which means the amniotic tranquility of being indoors during a thunderstorm. Used in a sentence, a great way to disrupt your state of chrysalism is a puzzle in a thunderstorm. <laughs> Pro tip, if you pronate your knuckle, you can really get... And in international waters, all of that is legal. Ah, international waters. <laughs> the girl with a nose ring of law. <laughs> I'm no illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm arts bachelor Heath Enright. <laughs> and broadcasting delayed from America's Far Center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, Trump gives a whole new meaning to pardon me. The Netherlands urged him to at least turn on one-factor authentication. <laughs> <laughs> and oatmeal raisin is the Fredo Corleone of cookies. How dare you? But first, the rest of the intro music. Joining me for headlines tonight are my fellow Skeptocrats, No Illusions, and Eli Bosnick. Gentlemen... It's the most wonderful time of the year, the end of 2020. So <laughs> any words of wisdom for holiday time? Yes, actually. They're going to pretend to like it no matter what, and you're going to think they secretly hate it no matter what. So stop stressing <laughs> about what it is that they secretly hate. Just give them money. <laughs> Spoken like a man who I got a way better gift than he got me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no fucking way this year, man. No way. All right. All right. Gauntlet. What do you do? Wince the goblins? You, you, you throw it down. You throw Picked it down. up for the other person. No, I meant okay, afterwards. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, well, I, I know there's a fight later. Oh, right. You, no, I guess I'm the one that's throwing it. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. But do you have to go pick up your own glove? Because I feel like that's weird. Is that is that laid down the gauntlet? Do they mean the glove? Do you like throw your glove down as like a symbolic thing? Like we're going to fight now? I think so. I have no idea what that means. Okay. In our lead story tonight. <laughs> In lame duck a l'orange news, Donald Trump is coping with losing about as well as a Little League dad with a hip flask and a butterfly knife. <laughs> and the other dads from the same team are trying to talk him down from the very clear child abuse that's about to happen. Except with Trump, he's also the child getting abused by himself. <laughs> so yep. it's really confusing for everyone. We don't know what to do. And... Uh, the knife is our nuclear arsenal, I guess. And the other dads are people like Mitch McConnell, th the voice of reason in this absurd <laughs> fucking scenario. And while that's all happening, a whole bunch of the crazy dad's best friends just showed up and they're all fucking Russian spies and they all need a pardon. It's a really weird game mm -hmm. that's that's happening at this Little League field. Wait, but, but the upshot, if I'm following this analogy correctly, is that there's a 50-50 shot that Trump is about to trip, fall on our nuclear arsenal, and have to go to the hospital for stitches. <laughs> okay, but is Joe Biden the gay son? America is the gay son. Who's the gay son? Your metaphors are confusing, Heath. They're confusing. He's his own gay son. Ooh. It's himself. Yeah. So, <laughs> apparently, Trump's been having a complete meltdown in the Oval Office while an entire dedicated team is trying to figure out the pardon situation. But Trump's so delusional that about half the time, he's not even convinced that he's leaving in January. So yeah. the pardons aren't, aren't a priority right now, <laughs> if that's what he believes. So everyone has to figure out if he's on reality mode for a little bit, and then try to quickly ask him stuff before he goes back to denial mode. According to one of his aides, 
who sounds like a kindergarten teacher from Jersey who needed to be hired. Great hire. According to that aide, quote, he's throwing a fucking tantrum. He's going to leave. He'll leave. He's just lashing out. <laughs> well, okay, all right, but yeah, but I'm getting a little bit tired of the, so the person in charge of our nuclear arsenal has the emotional stability of a two-year-old being told they can't eat that pizza crust out of the ashtray. What do you want me to do about it from the people <laughs> whose job has been enabling said man-toddler for the last four fucking years? <sighs> now, Noah, be fair, there's only like three people who have lasted all three years. Oh, Everyone that's true. Else <laughs> is fired or went to jail, so... <laughs> Fired by tweet, no less. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a four-year term. So normally, <laughs> a, a president would use the Justice Department's pardon attorney system to help deal with this. They have attorneys that will do this for you. Mm -hmm. They'll vet the pardons. But Trump's a delusional, crazy person who can't even trust his own corrupt cabinet to be corrupt he, enough his you know, in this scenario. corrupt cabinet, yeah. yes. And... It also doesn't help that his attorney general just resigned to avoid, I'm pretty sure, exactly this. His historically corrupt attorney general. <laughs> yep, that's the guy. So instead, all these people are trying to show up in person to ask for pardons. Or they're trying to get in touch with Jared Kushner, which is difficult because Kushner is busy getting in touch with himself for the same reason. <laughs> but there's a huge line at this point. According to CNN... The White House staff made a literal spreadsheet just to keep track of all the pardon Jesus requests. Christ. The number of criminal friends of the president is so large. Honestly, I should think about saying amount instead of number. <laughs> the amount of criminal friends is that large. It requires a digital format meant for organizing large sets of data. That they already had. Like, you know, well, we keep writing them down on physical paper, but it's hard to move stuff once they're in this trapezoid barrow. Fucking <laughs> 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 idiots. Okay, I want to part the kimono for a second here and say that one of the ongoing wars here at Puzzle and the Thunderstorm is my terribly made spreadsheets. God, I hate them so much. They're okay. not even spreadsheets. No, You're they're just, not. It's just he craft just paper. Spreadsheet program. <laughs> but, but I think we can all agree that whatever Trump's spreadsheet looks like, <laughs> it is worse than mine. It, it has I mean, to be worse than mine. Just because of the names on it. If we it's ever had to, if we ever had to kill Heath without like breaking any laws, we'd need that spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically my ricin. Yeah. <laughs> and just to give us an idea of how Trump uses the pardon, here's what we've seen so far during his presidency. He's already pardoned or commuted 25 people. And in fairness, a few of those were reasonable. They were good. But most of them were pure evil. Yep. Trump started in 2017. This is his very first one mm -hmm. with Sheriff Joe Arpaio, mm -hmm. who ran a fucking Jim Crow system in Arizona, including jails described as concentration camps. Yeah. By him, by right. the way. Yes. Arpaio called his own facility a concentration camp. Yeah. And now he's on Cameo, where he will tell you to like and subscribe at the end of a YouTube Wait, video. Seriously? For $30. He's on Cameo? He's on Cameo for $30. $30. We could buy enough Cameos to have him do Cameos until he dies. Until we can Cameo Joe Arpaio to death. That's happening. Hold your breath for another minute. We just buy six minutes worth of hold your breath. It's all coming together. damn it. 
<laughs> yeah. So that was the first pardon. The list also includes Fremen on the land, arsonists Dwight and Stephen Hammond, campaign fraudster and end of winter prognosticator Dinesh D'Souza, <laughs> junk bond billionaire Michael Milken. Yep. God, I'd also the terrifying amalgam of every single Batman villain ever, all at the same time. Roger Stone. I don't know how he does it. Also, but that's the what Dick he looks Tracy like. Tracy villains too. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Let's include those. That's that makes it even more accurate. And also literal foreign agent who lied about it, Michael Flynn. Yeah. Did that one on Twitter. <laughs> it's a, it's like Trump was making a a retroactive vision board with his pardons, <laughs> which which is not how vision boards d don't work. And <laughs> now he's considering about two dozen more very close associates. That includes the CFO of the Trump Organization, who helped arrange the hush money to Stormy Daniels. And it also includes everyone's favorite loose bag of hot garbage juice, Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> and, of course, Donald Trump himself. Okay. I read today that he's not going to pardon his kids because he's afraid they're going to testify against him. <laughs> also, what? Yeah, that's what I read today. Also, side note, I know Biden's whole thing is back to normal. But I think we should get to see what norms he gets to destroy. You know, like not not terrible, horrible, life destroying ones, but just like not wear pants to his inauguration or something, right? Let's keep it fun. Let's keep it fun. Yeah. We need this right now, man. Thank Do you. some bits. So the whole idea of the pardon from the founding fathers was to have one extra check against a mistake by the judicial branch. The idea was to have one final mechanic to allow for mercy when the legal system was wrong or too harsh. Now, granted, I'm not a slave owner from the 18th century. You say that too much. So I, I feel like I say that just the right. How much is the right amount to say that? Ever. You don't ever have to clarify I, that. I'm not that. I'm saying I'm not in the heads of the, this is what I'm, I'm regardless. Now you're twisting around what I'm trying to do. The founding fathers, I'm pretty sure they weren't. Picturing a treasonous dictator leaving the White House through a tunnel with his friends and rolling a grenade behind him at the last <laughs> second. That's not what it was for. Fortunately, Trump's an idiot who doesn't even understand the timeline of that tunnel plan I just mentioned. And <laughs> if, I just, if I just do the grenade now, I don't have to do the whole rolling and everything. <laughs> yeah, the order is Stripe complicated. Maybe make a spreadsheet about it. When do you guys but, jump on yeah. that? You got, you're supposed to jump on it. <laughs> yeah. No, he doesn't get it. Also doesn't get why his evil friends are all yelling about the tunnel plan and how his spreadsheet is backwards and the, the order's wrong. So we might just get to see a bouncer open the front door of the White House with Trump's face on January 20th. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So I really nice. hope so. so nice. Even if they could just do that, like, shovey old guy out of a building thing. Yeah, that that's all I do. want. You know? No, I want, I want the bouncer. Thing. You want the full through the doors? Oh, I want the fucking gorilla from Roger Rabbit if I can take my pick, but I'll take. Yeah. I want the bouncer who's the, the guy's got his credit card inside on the bar. He starts yelling about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to charge you, man. You're we're getting charged. Char yeah, gonna charge you're leaving you. a weirdly big tip, by the way. Come back Monday. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, Policy Genius. Eleven ninety nine. You're crazy. Absolutely what? not. What? It's a nice jar. No, five ninety nine max. Fine. Hey guys, what what you doing? 
Oh, hey, Eli. Heath and I were just putting price tags on all my stuff. Uh, why? Because Noah can't be bothered with life insurance, so we're, we're tagging it all. H- how does tagging look, all Look, of- Eli, I'm one of those guys who sits around and thinks, yeah, I'll get life insurance someday, but I never actually do it. And that means that when I die, Lucinda's going to be in a real pickle. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I guess she is. Yeah, so Heath and I are pricing the stuff for her in advance. It's the least I could do. I mean, b- besides actually getting life insurance. Right. Uh, why don't you just try Policy Genius? What's Policy Genius? I feel like I Policy Genius combines a cutting-edge insurance marketplace with help from licensed experts to save you time and money. Right now, you could save 50% or more by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance. When you're shopping for a policy that could last more than a decade, those savings really start to add up. Here's how it works. First, you head to PolicyGenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need and compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Policy Genius will compare policies starting at as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to skip the in-person medical exam. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. And the best part is, they work for you, not the insurance company. So if you hit any speed bumps during the application process, they take care of everything. Wow. Well, that does sound easier than all this pricing. It is. If you have loved ones who depend on your income, don't go into 2021 without life insurance. Go to PolicyGenius.com and get started. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes and start the new year with one less thing to worry about. Policy Genius. When it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. All right, Heath. Looks like we don't need to do this anymore. Now, Eli, what, what did you want? Oh, I was going to ask one of you why you wrote 499 on my head while I was sleeping, but I, I guess I know the answer to that now. Yeah, now you know why, right? Did you at least mean $499? No, we didn't. No. Oh. And we're back. Next up in headlines in Son of a Mitch News. If Mitch McConnell started going house to house, killing people with an axe, he would be so much less efficient a murderer than he has been over these past few months. Wow. Honestly... At this point, if he publicly offered to do the axe murder thing, that on the condition that he would stop holding up COVID relief, we would be crazy as a nation not to take him up. Deal, (laughs) deal. (laughs) That's but it's 2020, so instead we're going to count on Georgia to do the right thing and put an end to this. (sighs) Yeah, the movie is about saving American democracy and the world, and our unlikely hero. Is the average Georgia voter. It's not great. Also, the movie is reality, and Georgia is full of voter suppression. So we're not even getting the real average voter. No, yeah, we're actually skewing Georgia to the worst. (laughs) (sighs) Sorry, I just realized people have no idea what story I'm about to introduce. I could be talking about so many things right now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, But I am talking about the stimulus deal, which Congress has been deadlocked about for months now. While millions of Americans have gotten sick or died, lost their jobs, and then lost their unemployment benefits from the job they lost. So, yeah, if nothing changes, and this is real, on December 26th, yes, the day after Christmas, 12 million Americans will lose their jobless benefits in a future that first act Ebenezer Scrooge called, quote, a little much. <laughs> yeah. Also, Andrew said we're not allowed to ghost of Christmas past Mitch McConnell, but uh, I don't care. I don't care. 
I couldn't hear Andrew when he no. said that. No, so. she was fuzzy. Well, look, to be fair, given the sheer number of things that Andrew has said we're not allowed to do to Mitch McConnell at this point, it's unreasonable to think we're going to remember all of them. Thank you. Strongly. No reasonable person could think we're not going to ghost of Christmas past Mitch McConnell despite the advice of our lawyer. Why did I buy all these chains then? It's a waste of product. <laughs> Tortious interference. These are jokes. And if you're wondering, hey, I've heard there's bipartisan support for a bill for months now. What's the holdup? Well, reading the tea leaves, which, to be fair, has been murky as fuck, the sticking point seems to be on the exact amount working class Americans will receive. 600 or $1,200. Both of which are comically low and unhelpful for the amount of time this has been going on. Yeah. But uh, apparently it's the hill Mitch McConnell is willing to die on. Okay, you heard it, Georgia. Elect Ossoff and Warnock, and we're having a scat party on that <laughs> hill where he's getting buried. <laughs> or elect Purdue and Leffler, and the scat party maintains a Senate majority. They do. <laughs> they do. Okay, so the second sticking point is even more significant, and it deals with liability when it comes to COVID. But basically, it's apparently very important to Mitch McConnell that you not be able to sue your company for making you come back to the office in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense, because if you can sue your employer, you could probably eventually sue your shitty governor who opened up your state just as soon as that feller next to him at the football game stopped coughing. Yeah, well, and just to make sure that this episode showed us the full spectrum of Heath's potential head colors, the major stumbling block that they this. hit this weekend seems to be <laughs> Republican insistence that the bill include the fact that the Fed is a Ponzi scheme. God yeah! damn it! <laughs> it's not, there's a, just look up Ponzi scheme. That's a thing that exists. You can, it's this thing. You can look it up. Okay. It's not, it's not what a central bank does. Fuck. Patreon goal. We will make Heath read. It's not Jim Jordan. I thought it was Jim Jordan, but it's the other guy. We make him read that statement. The one he gave on the floor. He'll die. Heath will die. Nope. nope yep, exactly. Yeah. Forget the ricin. <laughs> so, yeah. As of writing this, there's an extension till tonight, but no deal. Hopefully, by the time you hear this, there's a deal and this story is a lot less terrifying or at least sad. But that's the talk I'm hearing that there's a yeah, deal. Yeah, it looks like, it looks like as, as we were going to record, it looks like a deal was done. There you go. So good, good, but not, you know no, what? not yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Like so many things in 2020, I'm going to go ahead and guess we're going to be scared and lost for way longer than we thought. Good bet. And I spent my $600. It's, it's gone. gone. It's gone. I bought a PlayStation 5. Now I'm only behind a little bit less in rent. Great. <laughs> and speaking of crushing depression, let's toss things to our next sponsor, BetterHelp. Hey, podcast listener. I'm Eli Bosnick, here to tell you about this week's sponsor, BetterHelp. You know, we've had fantastic response since we started working with BetterHelp, and we hope you take the opportunity to get the help you need in a way that works for you. Too many people think, my problems aren't bad enough for therapy, or therapy just doesn't work for me. But those are just excuses, and BetterHelp is making it easier than ever to get the help you need on your schedule. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. 
Plus, there's a broad range of expertise on BetterHelp, which may not be locally available in many areas. So if you're stuck in the middle of, I don't know, Mississippi, and you need a queer-affirming, sex-work-positive therapist, or just one that isn't going to tell you you need more Jesus, BetterHelp is an excellent service for you. And if you don't find a great match on your first try, BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they'll make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. And if money's tight right now, the good news is BetterHelp is often more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. But that's not all. Skeptocrat listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com Skeptocrat. Again, that's 10% off your first month when you sign up at BetterHelp.com Skeptocrat. BetterHelp. Everyone needs help now and then. This is a way to do it better. And we're back. Next up in headlines in big hack attack news. The U.S. was hit with the worst cyber attack in our nation's history last week. Uh, This month's long infiltration affected a number of government agencies, including the Treasury Department, the Commerce Department, Homeland Security, and the Energy Department. That's the one with the nukes, in case you forgot. Yeah, so the Trump administration has sent an elite task force to New Jersey determined to check every basement for 400-pound hackers until the case is solved. (laughs) (laughs) And the culprit is very likely to have Q-level clearance at the energy. <laughs> so that's right. something to look for. Yeah. Now, experts say it could take years to fully comprehend the extent of this hack. The Energy Department assures us that none of the nuclear secrets were compromised, which is probably true. But we do know that, for example, pretty much all the emails being sent by Homeland Security at any point over the last several months were being monitored. But they're emails. Well, yeah. Come and, on. <laughs> and pretty much three minutes after the hack was detected, every cybersecurity expert in the world said, well, that looks like Russia right there, which, of course, led Trump to tweet out a defense of Putin, pointing out that it could have been China. The, the tweet came out, by the way, just a few hours after Pompeo confirmed that it was definitely fucking Russia. Mike Pompeo knows it's Russia. Admits, yeah. Mike Mike Pompeo doesn't know that the stars aren't going to fall out of the sky and onto the earth (laughs) because it says that in the Bible. And he, that person is like, come on, man, use your brain. This is it's obviously Russia fucking Russia. Yeah, so, so the timeline is basically Russia hacks into our government systems nine months later or some damn shit we notice. One day later, Pompeo confirms in an interview that the hack was directed by the Russian government. The following morning, Trump tweets a flat-out contradiction. Quote, the cyber hack is far greater in the fake news media than in actuality. I have been fully briefed and everything is well under control. Russia, it- Russia, Russia is the priority chant when anything happens because lamestream is, for mostly financial reasons, petrified of discussing the possibility that it may be China. It may. Oh, it, it may. I mean, it could be lots of things, right? <laughs> and nobody's mentioning this part, hacker. but... The lamestream media is clearly afraid of mentioning 190 other countries, <laughs> right. too. It could have been Ooh. any of them. Coincidence? Yeah. So, and, and by the way, just in case downplaying a foreign attack <laughs> yep. on the American government and falsely accusing some other country of doing it wasn't enough for a single tweet, he added, quote, there could also have been a hit on our ridiculous voting machines during the election, which is now obvious that I won big, end quote. <laughs> Wow. Okay, they must have also hacked our team of very realistic humanoid cyborgs that do the voting audits by mm-hmm, hand. Yeah. This goes fucking deep. Yeah. 
well, Heath, that's ridiculous. Everyone knows that we can't make cyborg faces. They'd all have to be wearing masks. Oh my God, we just blew this wide open. <laughs> now, you heard it right here at the Skeptocrat. Now, we should be clear that, A, it was definitely fucking Russia, and B, it was really fucking weird for Pompeo to say that offhandedly in an interview with Mark Levin, right? Like, like normally when you formally accuse another nation of a direct attack against your own nation's military infrastructure, you know, you, you do a little bit of pomp and circumstance, maybe some sanctions, you rattle a saber or two. So the fact that Pompeo basically just shrugged and said, eh, you know, Russia's compromised in America's most valued national secrets. What are you going to do, am I right? That was pretty fucked up to begin with. He made, after all, no indication that we were going to retaliate or do anything. But to have even that walked back by the fucking comrade in chief is egregious even by the standards that this administration has set. Bottom line, over the last several months, Putin has been paying more attention to the presidential daily brief than Trump. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? Did you guys see the Queen's Gambit? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's about this chess lady and she has good movie autism combined with good movie drug addiction, the kinds that make you good at thinking and the, stuff. The, yeah, right. You're yeah. smarter because of both of yeah. those. And the villain is this Russian guy named Borgoff. And she spends it's not very well written, but she spends the whole series being like, I will get you, Borgoff. But he never like acknowledges that they're rivals or does anything shitty that makes him the villain. He's just He's just better at chess than her. <laughs> he just wins games. He just wins chess, the board exactly. game that they both play. That's how our propaganda slash cyber war with Russia feels. <laughs> like we're drunk on the floor of our house eating pills and Russia's at the zoo with its wife and kid. <laughs> <laughs> and in password one, two, three, four news. <laughs> Speaking of which. Donald Trump is too stupid to be alive. Oh, I wish. This this is amazing. He needs to get a preemptive Darwin Award just, just because that death is going to be funny. Like, even if it's just natural causes, lots of laughing. When that <laughs> works, yeah. And based on the latest news out of the Netherlands, it's very possible that he'll die when someone hacks into his health insurance account and orders him a big bottle of pills that says, eat me now. <laughs> Apparently, Trump's Twitter account got hacked in October when a Dutch hacker named Victor Gevers just guessed the password. That password was MAGA 2020 exclamation. Okay, that's pretty funny, admittedly, but it does make me feel guilty that all my passwords are the Eli Bosnick password. So is, that, that, that is so much harder <laughs> to guess than the actual password that you were still using when I met you. Okay, so I can't stress this enough. This is not a story from The Onion. I actually did way too much extra checking because I assume there's no way this is possible. This can't be real. There's no way the president of the United States, who still hasn't stopped yelling about Hillary Clinton's email security, and who literally conducts major foreign policy with tweets, mm -hmm. there's no way he couldn't come up with a string of characters with 94 options for each character that wasn't guessable by some random guy. <laughs> that guy obviously didn't need to be a hacker. With 26 capital letters, 26 lowercase, 10 numbers, and 32 special characters, that's 94 options per character. And Trump had a nine-character password. He had 572 quadrillion, <laughs> 994 trillion, 802 billion, 
228,616,704 possible passwords. And that's assuming the hacker knew it was nine characters total, right. which he did not. And Mr. Gevers got it in five guesses. <laughs> the American people demand to know the first four guesses. <laughs> no, I, I guarantee all of them were really just different permutations. Right. Uppercase without the exclamation mark, uppercase with it, et cetera. What's more, if I'm Gevers, I'm embarrassed that I didn't have it in the first three. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, this actually gets even dumber against all odds. The exact same guy hacked Trump's Twitter account six years ago, too. Also by guessing the password that time was you're fired. And I'm honestly impressed it was the correct version of your in that password, even if it was missing the apostrophe. Wouldn't be surprised if Gevers tried Y-O-U-R on his first guess <laughs> six years ago. <laughs> Regardless, both the White House and Twitter are denying this hack ever happened, despite clear evidence, including screenshots provided by Gevers to the Dutch government. Okay, so to be clear... The administration has gone from failing to cover up obstruction of justice and election interference to our card was not the seven of hearts. Let me shuffle. Let me shuffle. <laughs> so, well, so in the interest of skepticism, we should admit that you know screenshots could have been faked. And that's what Twitter says, right? Um, as easy as it is to dismiss the White House denials, Twitter statement says that they have, quote, proactively implemented account security measures for a designated group of high-profile election-related Twitter accounts to the United States, end quote. Uh, and by designated group i'm pretty sure they mean trump right so either <laughs> That's clearly what that was for yeah it's just for trump right well so either gevers hacked trump's account or he didn't because jack dorsey at some point was like you know that motherfucker's password is mega 2020 exclamation <laughs> mark we need to do something about that shit yeah this is tragically stupid even if gevers did not in yeah, fact exactly. hack him. Yeah. exactly yes and here's my favorite part so hacking is illegal in the Netherlands, even if you're just guessing obvious passwords because the target is tragically <laughs> stupid. But the Dutch government is not pressing charges. Allegedly, that's because Gevers met the criteria for being an ethical hacker. Also, fuck Trump in the face is an important legal principle in the Netherlands, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And but yeah. Gevers was just doing it to show a dangerous security risk. He openly announced his successful hack. He didn't make any rogue tweets or use the account. He sent the screenshots to the Dutch authorities, and he even tweeted some advice right away after that. The advice was, turn on two-factor authentication, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and don't switch the password to MAGA2021, exclamation. And I just hacked you again. Wow, it was MAGA2021. MAGA2022, stop. You have to stop. <laughs> okay, but see, this brings up an important question for me. Gentlemen. If you had access to Trump's Twitter and you mm. could tweet something to do the most damage to him and his followers that's harder to backtrack, <laughs> what do you tweet? Oh, God. So Ooh. it'd be a wasted opportunity because, like, I don't, I don't think I could mimic his capitalization and shit without instinctively ripping my own face off in self-defense. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would see know. that would be a hang-up. I'm, I'm tweeting a concession. I feel like that Ooh, would make him cry Oh, that's a good most. one. I think something along the lines of, like, too many stupid Christians listening to their pastor instead of their president. Drop the church, stick with Trump. I oh, think okay. Be one, right? <laughs> All right. I like that. Yeah. Hey, Gevers. <laughs> Try MAGA 2024. That's prob that probably really is it. <laughs> and in Moderna Times News, 
the FDA granted an emergency use authorization to a second vaccine on Friday night. And now millions more doses can start being distributed to frontline healthcare workers across the country. Which is good, because we've only had the Pfizer vaccine for a week and we're already fucking that up. <laughs> we are. Okay. Great. So as of this recording, the federal government, state governments, and Pfizer itself all seem to have different understandings of what the fuck is going on. Because surprise, surprise, the administration that couldn't obstruct justice without announcing it on television isn't up to the task of one of the most complex and important <laughs> logistical projects in history. Huh. Okay, but the distribution problems aren't as bad as you think. Only about 60% of Americans want to take this world-saving medicine. <laughs> so, that's true. I'm just saying supply and demand might match yeah, up just right. Fair. It could be fine. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I'm amazed how nice the media is being about the uh, finding extra doses in the vials yes! thing. <laughs> right? I like. I read that and I'm like, okay, so what you mean is that they were accidentally throwing away a lot of very important medicine because they thought that those were one-dose vials. Is that what you mean, guys? There's so much more beer uh, in this keg than the pint I wanted. All right, let's just throw this out. What the fuck and are you the doing? the FDA had to issue things being like, yeah, no, you can use those extra doses you found in the fucking life-saving vaccine, but don't pour them into one fucking thing. Don't pour a little from each into a fucking old can of Sprite and shake it up and use that. We're pretty sure you can't do that. <laughs> Fuck. So according to the federal government, everything is great. You actually already got the vaccine because Donald Trump personally crawled into your window <laughs> and gave it to you. But according to many states, they're getting thousands less doses than they were told to expect. And most terrifyingly, this past weekend, Pfizer had to issue a statement on Twitter saying that they have millions of doses waiting in warehouses with no information of where to send them. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, we have a blow dart team ready to go. Mm -hmm. Again, Andrew said we couldn't do that, but it was while I wasn't listening. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we have a blow dart team ready to go. Well, I mean, to be fair, though, we were going to be using that team on anti-vaxxers in January, whether or not we had a vaccine to put in those guns. Yeah, it's just for sport. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but don't worry, it's not just governments that suck. Uh, vaccine distribution is eating dicks all the way down to the local level. Like in the case of Stanford Healthcare, which received 3,900 doses of the vaccine this week, but only vaccinated seven of its 1,349 residents, who often work more than 80 hours a week and are among the wow. first in line to treat patients with COVID-19, including <sighs> in the emergency room and ICU. God damn. Just seven people in line for the vaccine. They're looking across the street at 2,000 people in front of GameStop waiting <laughs> for PS5. <laughs> it's America in a nutshell oh. right there. Fuck. If we offered everyone in America a Disney Fast Pass to get the vaccine, it would be gone tomorrow. It'd be gone fucking tomorrow. <laughs> or a $600 stimulus check. Yep. Or a PS5. That's only four or five hundred. We're all thinking here. I like it. So yeah, Stanford has since offered an apology saying pretty much, quote, we're sorry you caught us, but come on, you guys are residents. What about working you 80 hours a week in an emergency room made you think you, we would care if you lived or died? Right. Yeah. No, they're like, well, so no, we would have gotten the vaccine to the residents, but they do all the work. So, you know, who's going to cut the barber's hair? Am I right? It's just not. <laughs> just a OK. On to the good news. As I said, 
Moderna has vaccine has just passed that last hurdle and millions more doses will soon be available. And since Moderna's vaccine can be stored at much higher temperatures, it can be administered at pharmacies and hospitals that don't have super freezers. Also, I wish I was kidding about this, but, but I'm not. Trump owns a bunch of Moderna stock, so he's going to make sure we buy plenty of them. So, yep. yeah, light at the end of the tunnel, just like it or not, I'm the one driving. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's no word yet if it's the kind of light you arrive at or walk towards, but there's definitely a light there. And speaking of which, finally tonight in cyberpunk ass business. Why would you release the goddamn fucking game on the goddamn fucking last gen goddamn fucking consoles if you goddamn fucking knew it was goddamn fucking gonna look like goddamn fucking that, you goddamn fucking goddamn fucks? Because yes, in the second most delayed event in history, only to the return of Christ himself, (laughs) CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2077 released last week, and those playing it on high-end computers or the 14 people who managed to secure ninth-generation consoles pretty much got a cutting-edge video game marred only by the occasional protruding ghost penis. But the unmitigated calamity the rest of us got was so goddamn bad that the company offered an unconditional money-back guarantee the next day. Okay, I I really have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) detail-wise, but when I hear protruding ghost penis... I don't think of the word mar. Was, was, that like, was, was the ghost penis problematic in some sense? This was a problematic and, ghost Hey, while penis we're at it, video game review companies, next time a company won't let you play their video game and will only let you review it based on MP4 files they send you of gameplay, uh-huh. uh, don't review that video game. You Wait, actually, there you go. That's what... It, they, they sent so videos, unplayable well, videos. Well, and, the then, and then they let them play this tiny ass little part of the game, but only provided that they used this setup on their computer. So fucking stupid. So, yeah, let me back up here for the non-gamers in the audience. Cyberpunk 2077 has been at the very top of the video game hype mountain for years now. Mm-hmm. It's the latest offering from the game studio that brought us uh, Witcher 3 back in 2015, uh, a title that's perfectly comfortable in the greatest video games of all time conversation but this game was announced even before that one came out way the hell back in 2012 the first trailer for it was in 2013 a steady stream of news and industry buzz has been emanating about this goddamn game since 2018 and the release has been pushed back something like i don't know 306 times and finally after all that it came out last week and unless you have a goddamn game system that was built in the last three and a half days, it looks like shit. <laughs> it glitches, it crashes, it's choppy. It looks like you're trying to play GTA Five on a Super Nintendo. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess everybody just calm down and play some actual Super Nintendo. That's good. It's an amazing system. You got Super Mario World, Street okay, Fighter yeah, Two, amazing games, amazing system. Also, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we should also point out that even if you are working on NASA's computer, it's still buggy as shit. Well, like, yeah, right. No, a- exactly, exactly. Even for a major release. So, yeah, as a result of this deafening backlash to the debacle, the studio behind the game offered a blanket refund to anybody who wanted one. In a statement released the day after it went live, CD Projekt Red said, quote, We'd like you to know that our intention is for every owner of a physical copy or a digital copy bought at retail who has valid proof of purchase to receive a (laughs) refund, end quote. 
this, were they the uh, the only sellers of the software? <laughs> Wait, or? no. So yeah, so. This pretty much unprecedented move was welcome news to players, but not so much to digital retailers, <laughs> many of whom responded huh. by asking, what the fuck CD Projekt Red was smoking? Because <laughs> look, that's just, that's not how that industry works at no. all, right? Selling games that don't work is par for the course for every non-Nintendo game developer in the universe. The normal thing that you do is you fix it afterwards, not offer fucking refunds. So Sony responded to their money-back offer by saying, no, the ever-fucking-loving fuck you don't get a <laughs> refund um, if you bought through their online store. Uh, then, later that same day, Sony announced that they would be pulling that game from their online store altogether. <laughs> well, and again... None of this would have happened if the video game industry would embrace the carefree and easy environment of a North Korean work camp. Yes! No, no, but Eli, every single tentpole game released by a major studio in the last 14 years deserves 9 out of 10 stars. <laughs> They're all better than average. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. It's like grades at Harvard, a bunch of liars. So so the company has been issuing a steady stream of apologies and excuses since the launch, somehow trying to sell us on the idea that they were pretty sure we weren't going to notice that the game froze up constantly and lurched from frame to frame like I was downloading porn over a phone line in 1998. (laughs) Okay, in fairness, though, that kind of turned into my kink. Well, yeah, I kind of like the the way... the way it shows they up literally tweeted, not that many people have 4K TVs. They were like, come oh, on, who's got a 4K TV that can even on. see that yeah. shit? Yeah, but you don't even know. Just plug it into your Commodore 64. Don't be an <laughs> asshole. Load cyberpunk. Meanwhile, <laughs> the company's stock has tumbled 22% in a couple of days. And I think this is all just a painful reminder of what Eli and I have been saying about this game since the beginning. You delay however long it takes to get it right. That's right. <laughs> Patient sentinels, Noah. And I. Andy Wilson says the yeah. same thing. And on that note, we're going to close it out. Thanks to No Illusions. Thanks to Eli Bosnick. And thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening, and please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like Mads Aloha of Danish Little Atheists, Void Pods equals where the embryo of Voidlings develop. Sean, just just Sean, <laughs> feels kind of stupid now. Ed, Jonathan, Kenneth, Daniel, Sean spelled the other way, Jacob, son of a Sven, Amanda, Lori, other Jonathan, and Anthony whose dicks and vaginas are breathtakingly beautiful. Do you feel the same? Am I only dreaming? Or is this burning an eternal Game. flame? Nope, flame. No. <laughs> yeah, I was... It's a classic <laughs> prom song. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent, <laughs> like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, Scathing Atheist, God Awful Movies, D&D Minus, and Citation Needed, Available on Apple Music, Stitcher, all those other podcast apps, or the deep web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we provide, or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. Problematic ghost peanuts.
seriously? Is it a ticking clock? No, because I'm not was, doing anything. Because okay. it was once per second. There was one noise every single so second. So clearly rhythmical something. <laughs> Nobody's got a ticking clock. Nope. You've got something swinging back and forth, a pendulum situation of some sort. Oh, okay. Well, if you want me to get rid of the pendulum, you got to say that before we do rhythm. <laughs> yeah, that's noise. what we meant. <laughs> Trying to relax here. A little professionalism. Trying to prove something about astronomy. Just give me a second. <laughs> Are you guys not talking the Earth on tempo? Is rotating. I just want to. <laughs> you can't possibly think that's your favorite cookie. They're that's delicious. crazy. I, no, I'm not saying I wouldn't eat one. I'm that's crazy for it to be I a favorite. I wouldn't eat one. I didn't say it was my favorite. I said it's a good cookie. It's a no. maligned cookie. No. Mm, it, within the group of cookies, it's meh at best. It's, it's the best maligned cookie. It's top okay. eleven cookies. No. No, it's not even top eleven no. cookies. It's it's not it's not a top any two digit number cookie. Chocolate chip, chocolate double chip, up to eleven. There we go. Now right, it's exactly, at least past eleven. Exactly. Octuple chocolate chip, not a double chocolate chip. And then peanut butter chocolate chip, peanut butter two chips. So decatuple chocolate chip. I don't know eleven. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> all the peanut butter cookies are below oatmeal raisin. See, this is what I'm absolutely not. Well, okay, all right. But so here's the thing, though. When you're Eli. And you can't eat chocolate. You ch- take out every fucking cookie that has chocolate or dairy or joy in it. And sure, oatmeal raisin is probably top 11 of what's left over. What the fuck are you doing are now? Are you taking an oatmeal raisin cookie out of a bag of sand? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> okay. I was just brushing the dust off my keyboard. Why was that? Jesus oh Christ. <laughs> you got it? Yes. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.